Buongiorno and ciao, greetings, good people. I'm your host, Coleman Lutz, and I hope you enjoy this episode of the Frontier Space Podcast. In recent space news, on August 7th, something big crashed into the conundrum of planet Jupiter, a giant ball of gas, 300 times more massive than Earth. It's been all over my news feed. Also, I was at a rooftop happy hour last month in D.C. discussing with Mark, who's a friend I just met, who mentioned one of his buddies enjoys capturing gorgeous canvases of our galaxy with his telescope. And his friend mentioned that it can be difficult to take a photo without a satellite trail in the way these days. And be sure to keep in mind that we are almost quintupling the number of on-orbit small sats over the next decade. And lastly, NASA's TESS satellite has discovered 21 planets in its first year of science. More recently, TESS discovered a super-Earth known as TOI-270. It is 6.1 times Earth's mass and 73 light-years away, which is considered nearby the space terminal. But what's exciting is that it's potentially habitable for very robust forms of life. Anyways, let's dive into this podcast. So Earth observation refers to the gathering of information about the physical, chemical, and biological systems of the planet with remote sensing techniques. And this data is currently the most important information brought to us in the space age. Geospatial intelligence consists of the information that is extracted from imagery or video. The Wikipedia definition is intelligence about the human activity on Earth derived from the exploitation and analysis of imagery. And this intelligence doesn't have to come from remote sensing, although it is commonly referred to in that light. It is also referred to by the acronym GEOINT, which we will use throughout this series. My figurative definition is a tangible methodology of translating spatial data and what we physically experience into the digital world for computers and artificial intelligence to help humans better understand life on Earth. Okay, let's consider the value chain of GeoInt spread out on a horizontal line. In the middle of the line, we have the satellites producing the data, and to the right is an abundance of Earth observation applications, and to the left of the middle is the value chain consisting of all of the material and substances that make up a satellite. So once this satellite technology becomes functional on orbit, we capture images on Earth, transmit the data to other satellites, and or downlink the information to a ground station with receiving antennas, which is then uploaded into cloud-based analytics services such as Amazon Web Services, accessible to users anywhere on Earth in near real time. And so coming back to the middle of the line, as we submerge farther down the value chain, it expands again exponentially. Think of a tree that grew its roots first, similar to every system and process required to build a satellite. Then, when the tree is ready, it begins sprouting its leaves branches akin to the many earth 
administration applications, data analytics, and software services. And so each branch is like a new geo-in application, and the weaves correlate to the, to the opportunities around the world. <laughs> what what did you think of that analogy? So I like to nerd out about this stuff sometimes. So please bear with me. Traditionally, humans have been scanning the Earth with over 1,000 electro-optical satellites, which have been dominated by large companies and governments. And with dramatically reduced barriers to orbit and affordable imaging products that are being reduced to a fraction of the cost, from $100 down to almost single-digit pricing for one-kilometer high-resolution imagery, this orchestrates a myriad business models. And considering that it wasn't until recently that the commercial sector started becoming more involved, a number of companies are capitalizing on the opportunity. So what I'm about to tell you is the magic sauce and the glue that holds all of these ideas together and what inspired me to start this podcast and research organization. There are a few problems that us homo sapiens have ran into using these existing imaging systems. Optical sensors cannot see through clouds or at night. And considering that two-thirds of planet Earth is covered in clouds at any given time, and half the time we do not receive the sun's light waves because it's nighttime, these optical imaging systems can only image approximately 33% of the time. And so what if there was a technology that allowed us to image day and night, regardless of cloud coverage and weather? So this technology actually exists. It's called Synthetic Aperture Radar, also commonly referred to as SAR or INSAR. It was invented by a gentleman known as Carl Wiley in 1951 at Goodyear Aircraft Company which is commonly known today as Lockheed Martin. Actually, his invention inspires me so much that I have this SAR patent in my room. <laughs> but more importantly, it's the foundational technology that we will be commonly referring to in many episodes. So what is this thing called SAR? It's a remote sensing-based imaging system that images in radar spectral bands, including Ka, K, KU, X, C, S, L, and P bands from wavelengths from one centimeter to one meter, respectively. NASA was the first to operate a spaceborne SAR sensor way back in 1978, which means this tech is over 40 years old. And so you may be wondering if it's been around for so long. Why is it worth our attention and very breath in this conscious moment that we just shared together? Well, because these SAR imaging satellites are revolutionizing our terrestrial world as we know it. It continues to drive the development of the human race on a macro scale in a sustainable manner. And it will continue to save humans unquantifiable amounts of time and energy. Okay, shall we take a break? So I remember having a conversation with someone about 
the millions of humans and the loss of investment from traditional EO-based imaging systems. Although it's also important to consider that these satellites only have a lifespan of 5 to 10 years. But that market is also actually being disrupted from alternative propulsion services and on-orbit services. So you have this entire ecosystem that is ever-evolving. It's going to be really fascinating to see where everything ends up. Here's a potential gap in the market. The need for better global and national EO to SAR conversion rates. So essentially what rate and magnitude are human communities transitioning to synthetic aperture radar based systems. As the priority and attention of SAR can be undervalued in the eyes of investors, this information may aid the investing decision process with a deeper level of transparency and reassurance. So the traditional passive EO imaging sensors are similar to that of your iPhone that convert light into wave signals and current. Topographical LiDAR is a similar concept and remote sensing method that uses light in the form of pulsed lasers and ultraviolet, visible, or near-infrared light to map the land, which is what is commonly used on UAVs and drones. And multispectral images are not restricted to the visible spectrum. Measurements can be done in infrared, IR fields, ultraviolet, UV, microwave, etc. And hyperspectral imagery aims at obtaining a nearly continuous spectrum for each pixel in the image of a scene. So let's pause for a second and try to conceptualize what this means. We are going to be able to observe any surface of the Earth from a bird's eye view with very high resolution imagery. This entire GeoIn community is building Earth's digital twin. Imagine what we will come to call this queerable world. What about the digitalized dimension? <laughs> that sounds cool, right? Imagine it's like Google Earth or Microsoft's virtual Earth, only in real time with spatial pixels that are 50 times more resolute. Well, why should we care? And where is the value? Here is the game changer. By applying machine learning algorithms such as change detection, convolutional neural networks, classification algorithms, and much more to the imagery, we can detect, analyze, and forecast trends and anomalies over time. Over an area of interest as objects move and patterns arise on the ground. Almost any activity on Earth that can be monitored from SAR imaging systems that are larger than 25 centimeters in pixel resolution can be transformed into actionable intelligence. So although it may sound just a, just a tad bit pervasive, almost all of the use cases so far are for the greater good of life on Earth. This whole concept constructs a boundless application base in almost every industry, including maritime, 
topography, oceanography, glaciology, agriculture, geology, forestry, transportation, volcanoes, earthquake, volcanoes, earthquake, and natural disaster monitoring, to investing, business, marketing, and sales. To provide you with a few examples, imaging and infrared spectral bands, we can detect and forecast the spread of wildfires or observe the soil and crop health and disease to predict market yields hundreds of kilometers above Earth's surface. I would like you to imagine how many lives this technology can transform and really feel the emotions of, of a family friend as satellite imagery saves their house from burning down and their livelihood. Or imagine stopping parasitic transmission to dozens of rural human communities from the early space-based detection of disease on crops. It's incredible what we are able to accomplish. So, Earth observation can be considered as one of the strongest driving forces behind the peaceful utilization of space resources. And with the anticipated progression of SAR technology and capabilities, we will keep you informed on what is going on in this industry and all of the exciting space news in every episode. I'll try to open up with everything I've read up on, researched, and, and discovered over each month. And so please be sure to stay tuned for the next episode on the much-anticipated episode of our GeoInt 2019 Takeaways. And I was thinking that in later episodes, we could jump 5, 10, and maybe 20 years into the future and share some mind-boggling sci-fi anecdotes. I mean, how about some geospatial black mirror-like stories scattered throughout the Frontier Space podcast? What if, what if we took this to a whole nother level? How did you like today's episode? I know this whole concept sounds crazy, but don't worry because things are, well, things are only going to get crazier. <laughs> Anyways, I really appreciate your time over there, and and go seize the rest of this beautiful day.